it'd be on peace and hope. And it comes to us from, from Romans 5. So we're going to be in Romans 5. This is exciting, too, because I really felt the hand of God on this uh, as I was on my knees praying, which I do. Some of you think, does that pastor really pray? I'm on my knees every day praying. My wife can be testimony for, for messages that, that come because I want messages to touch your heart so you can draw closer to your Lord. So like Paul says, somebody waters and, and uh, somebody has to bring whatever. So uh, that's kind of where we're at. Now, let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you, Lord, once again for opportunities that we have to proclaim your word. And I pray, Lord, I, I pray for uh, many things. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you bless this message, Lord. I pray that your Holy Spirit will come upon me, that you'll anoint me to preach this message for your glory. I pray for that, Lord. I pray that hearts will be open to receive what you have for us today. And I also pray, Lord, that uh, you will touch the hearts of, you, of the men in this church, Lord, that you convict them for next Saturday, Lord, that they can come to the men's breakfast here at the church, Lord, that they can come and they can fellowship, they can learn and grow in you, Lord, that they will expand their horizons of what you have for them. I pray for Chris as he leads men's breakfast, Lord. You bless him and use him as you called him to this ministry for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Chris, I bet you thought I was going to forget. Oh, you're welcome. Now, on an old man's shirt was written a sentence. And here's what this sentence said. I'm not 80 years old. I am sweet 16 with 64 years of experience. That is an attitude. What an attitude to carry on uh, into the new year. Some people of great achievement usually possess special attitudes with, with which they have changed or altered some form of human history. The Apostle Paul was such a man. As you read his writings and his story uh, of his life, he preached, he taught, he built churches, built leaders, he encouraged, he challenged, and he rebuked, and he comforted. Throughout you know, the Holy Spirit, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God used this man, used his writings, inspired by the Holy Spirit, to proclaim Jesus Christ and to transform people into faithful followers of Christ. That was Paul. So when we talk about the Scripture, we need to always understand that God used the writers but they were God's words, okay? And so, so that's going to be our, our platform for today in Romans when Paul talked about peace and hope in Romans chapter 5. We're only going to be looking at the first five verses here, and it really talks about 
finding peace and hope. Now, our first thought's going to be, I'm going to take this verse by verse. And it's the first, my first thought is justified by faith. How many times have we heard that? Where did it come from? Well, the Bible. But that was very key. If you really look back into the, into the history of the church, Martin Luther, uh, not Martin, Martin Luther King, Martin Luther was, when he read about being justified by faith, justified by faith in Jesus Christ, that changed his life. And that changed his thinking as a theologian. So that's really started the Reformation. You see, well, we have to talk about history because this is so important. It started somewhere. We're here today because of people like God using Martin Luther and Calvin and others because they set the table for us today. And they paid a price for it. As we know, the apostles paid the price as well. Verse 1 of Romans 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, justified through faith in who? In Christ. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Justification means God declares the believer righteous by faith in Christ. We don't earn it. It's given to us by Christ. And that sometimes is a stumbling block for so many people because they're trying to earn, even Christians. You can't. You can't. What has been given to you has been given by Christ on that cross. You know, we're just called to believe it and to accept it. A gift that's already been given to us. Okay. So far, so good. Uh, Verse 1b, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. One of the great ecstasies that came out of the end of World War II was Great Britain's celebration of VE Day in 1945. The lights were blacked out for so many years, but were now freely allowed to freely shine. Their church bells, they were silent for six years, but now they were freely ringing. And the people, they say, history tells us, people in the streets in Britain, they were just celebrating all night long. And why not? They finally had peace. They felt a world peace that brought them great joy and great celebration. But throughout the Word of God, we see this, especially in the New Testament, we see, we see God's working through believers. The work of Christ on the cross, believers have been set free. We have been set free from any any hostility between us and God. Christ took care of that on the cross. So any hostility, it's gone. It's over. And we find peace because we have been reconciled to who? Who? God in Christ. Paul's words That's why we find peace in him. If you don't have any peace, you better check your faith. Now, I know, I know that there are times we just don't feel peace. I understand that. We're all human beings. But man, at the end of the day, 
If you're stuck, if you're stuck and you're not in peace, you're stuck, then you need to get unstuck. Because that's not God's will for you to be stuck in turmoil. We find peace and we find hope. Amen? Now, that's the greatest peace. Finding hope, number two, finding hope in tribulation. Verse two, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Why are we justified? He says it. We have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. You know, when you first read it, you may think, boy, that's confusing, but it isn't. It really is very simple. It's all God's grace. I'm here because of his grace. You are here because of his grace. And that's it. You are saved because of his grace. You can live in him because of his grace. It goes on because of his grace, because of his grace. Paul is always in his, in his writings, he is always coming back to the grace of God, to the mercy of Christ for what he's done for us on the cross. Amen? So, we have the grace every day of Jesus Christ with us. But then, we have something else here. Every believer will one day be clothed in Jesus' glory. So we have it all. Why should not we find peace and hope? We have it all. We have Christ with us now and Christ with us forever and ever and ever and ever. We are clothed in his glory. One day we will be with him. And then Paul used the word boast. Here referring to a sense of joy and tribulation. And jubilation, I should say, to rejoice. Are you rejoicing in your relationship with Jesus Christ today? Are you rejoicing in your salvation today? Are you rejoicing that you have access to God and his presence right here and now? I hope so. I really hope so. I've been a pastor longer than some of you have were, you know, before you've been born. I know, Rudy, you're saying that seems impossible, but it's true. Many years. And one thing about a pastor that I've learned is one of many things, hopefully, and that is all the churches that, that I've served through the years, I've dealt with hundreds of people. And all those people, everyone has different personalities. Everybody, you have some that are easy to please, others aren't so easy to please, everything in between, so on and so forth. But there's one thing, there's one, I've discovered one really important quality that people have, and that is hope. Hope is very important to all of us. And I can use an example. Say... You know, we are hope in Christ. Say we are, say we're sick. First, we're sick. We find out that we're ill. 
and then we discover that it is serious, then we hope that something can be done. There can be a cure or whatever. Take, take some medicine, whatever it is. But when we hear that it is very, very, very serious, we hope that there is a cure. We hope that we can have hope that there's a cure. But then the Bible tells us, and I've done this for years and years in churches where people are going through horrible things in their lives, that I remind them that faith, faith tells us that there is hope even, listen, hope even in death. When our daily hope and future hope are rooted in Jesus Christ, peace and confidence kicks in because we're no longer slaves to fear. Far too many Christians are slaves to fear. It could be health, it could be finances, whatever. They are slaves and they pray and they pray and they pray and ask God to help them overcome their fear then keep praying because that is not God's will for you or for me. Amen? Okay, so we've gotten this far. Now we have three points. We're going to go into the third point. Just as you sigh and think, wow, this is going to be a very, very quick message today. Just hold on. Finding glory in suffering. Verses 3 through 5. And this is where we all need to be. Not only so, but you also glory in our sufferings because we know. We also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. It is quite natural for us to glory when all is positive and victory is at hand. But not when suffering and tribulations come. We don't like it. None of us do. I ran across this week a true story that I'm going to share with you. And I think that I share this story with you, you're going to be amazed of God's intervention. For a group of high school seniors, it was skip day for them. And so a group of seniors got together, they're all close friends, from a Christian school. It's called Christ Church Academy. And so they decided that for their skip day, they were going to go to the beach and just have all day fun. And, but this was in April, April of 2019. And they were going to this beach, and they chose an isolated co- uh, beach along the Atlanta shore. And so a little volleyball, whatever it is. And then two of the students, Heather Brown, And Tyler Smith, they decided, 
As they looked out, there were two inlets. And they looked at the one that's about 500 yards away. So they decided that they were going to try to swim there. Now, they were athletes in high school. They were in good shape. And they weren't competitive swimmers. But they thought, well, they were good enough that they could make it. So what they did is, before they hopped in, they planned, there was a red buoy about 100 yards in front of them. They thought they'd swim to that buoy, and then from there, they'd swim to the, to the inlet. And just as they entered the water, another student joined them. So the three of them were swimming out to the, to the red buoy, and as they got closer and closer, you know, it got a little bit more difficult to water. Little, but little did they realize, little did they know that that morning there was a weather advisory. And it said, and it cautioned, no small craft should be out in the area because of high winds and waves. They didn't know that. They were, they were swimming right into something. They were totally, totally unaware of. The third, the last minute uh, swimmer decided to turn around that he wasn't a strong enough swimmer. That was a smart move. So he went back, but Heather and Tyler, they just pressed on, and they thought, well, surely, 100 yards, they kept swimming and swimming, but that buoy kept, it, it was unmoored, and it kept going further and further out into the ocean, what was happening was a current, Atlantic current, got a hold and was pushing, pulling all of them out into the ocean. And they were swimming and swimming, and they realized, and it got to be more, uh, the water became very rough, the waves were hitting them, and they said they were bobbing up and down, and they couldn't hardly see the, the surface, the, the, the coastline, because of the waves. And they knew that they were in trouble. And so there was like a lighthouse, and so they thought, we'll swim to that lighthouse. It's pretty close, but they couldn't do that because the current kept pushing them further and further out into the sea. It's about that time they were in the water for. Can you imagine in the Atlantic Ocean what that, what that water temperature was in April? You know, it was cold. Hypothermia was setting in. And they were, they were just... Then they started treading water because they were getting tired. So after an hour, then going into two hours, they were looking for help. They were looking for any, any craft that was going by. Of course, you know, the advisory was out, and most weren't in the area. And the winds were stronger and stronger and stronger, and so they decided to lock arms for fear that that the currents were going to, you know, separate them. So they locked arms, and Heather thought of a scripture for her, all, I guess, the way it sounded, all the seniors had their favorite scripture for their graduation. Hers was Romans 5, verses 3 and 5. Very interesting. I did not know that, you know, when I was putting this together. You know, for, for her, hope and endurance were very important concepts, biblical concept, concepts for her. And so they were, they were, they started to pray, 
But listen to this. As they were praying, there was a yacht that was cruising around. And the winds were so strong in the ocean that, that as the people on that yacht, they heard, one person heard a, a yell, somebody crying out to them, crying out. But they didn't know for sure, but that person said, you know what, I thought I heard a voice. So they turned around, and they start uh, circling back. Now I'm going to share with you, obviously they were rescued, okay? But I want to share with you, when they're in that water, from, from uh, the words of Tyler, as they were praying, this is how, this is how he prayed. As he called up to God, now, I don't know, do all teenagers pray like this? I don't know. But it does sound like a teenager, doesn't it? Listen to this. He said, he called up to God. He said, if you really have a plan for us, I'm quoting, if you really have a plan for us, like, come on, just do something. Isn't that typical? Come on, God, just do something. And about that time, God did something. This yacht then rescued them. But guess what the name of the yacht was, is? Amen. Really, amen. And as uh, the, uh, the people in the yacht, they're pulling these kids in, they said it was, they were so cold that, that the, um, one guy said in the yacht that Heather's lips were as white as he'd ever seen. They had just literally minutes left before they were rescued. Now, Tyler again, he's talking to the news people, okay? And he concluded, and I quote, from, from us crying out to God for him to send someone for us to keep living in a boat named Amen, there's no way it wasn't him. Paul says, we can glory in our sufferings He's not suggesting, listen, he's not suggesting that when we, we can glory in our sufferings, that God is saying, oh, come on, put on your big girl and big boy pants and suck it up. Be brave, be strong, be courageous. No. Rather, he's showing us that while living in a broken world, while living in a broken world, with Jesus Christ, our problems are not insurmountable. Your problem is not insurmountable. Whatever you might be going through, God can handle it. Did not Jesus teach his disciples? Did not Jesus teach us? In John 16:33, in this world you have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. And then, let's go back. Let's go back to verse 4. Verse 4. Perseverance, character, character, hope. In the New Testament, hope means confidence. Confidence. Do you have confidence? As a couple, through the years, being married as long as we have, we just don't overreact to major issues. 
it's not in us to do that. You know, almost to the point where, where when our kids were younger, the girls, when they played with, you know, have your friends over to play playtime, if somebody got hurt, you know, and they'd come in and say, Mom, so-and-so is hurt, Mom, whatever, and Jan would say something like, if they're not bleeding, don't bother me. Because whether right or wrong, we found that in our perseverance, we found hope. And we've always called upon that hope in times of trouble. And God has always comforted us in that. We're not special. We're just people that love the Lord, that want to follow Him, are trusting Him. So it's all God. We just need to trust Him in our hope that He will indeed work out all things for our good. Amen? Okay. Verse 5. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. When God's Spirit comes into us, He opens our blind eyes to the wonder of His divine love. And that divine love wants to govern our lives. You know, Sometimes, you know, with the Holy Spirit, we have, we have 100,000 different uh, definitions for the Holy Spirit and what the Spirit does. But one thing the Spirit does in spades, it shows us God's love. In every circumstance that we are in, He shows us God's love. It's knowing, it is knowing that God works out every circumstance we face in life for his purpose and our good. No matter what we go through, God knows. And he will work it out for his purpose and our good. It's knowing that God moves us from suffering to perseverance, from perseverance to character, to character to hope. Hope. Growth comes in the suffering. It comes in the suffering. It does. There's not, you know, I'm sorry, but I have difficulty with people that think just because you come to know Jesus Christ, that God, everything should be hungry, door, everything's going to be fine. That is wrong, wrong, wrong in every way, shape, or form. Did not Jesus say? You know, is knowing that the Holy Spirit gives us encouragement, strength to press on when enduring hardships. Because we reconcile to Christ. So, whatever you're going through, I'm not trying to be flippant. I'm not just saying, well, just trust God and everything be fine and dandy. You got to trust God. You got to. Put your faith and trust in God and not on what I say 
or what Chris says, whatever. It's between you and your God. Between you and your God. We will all, listen, we all, we all disagree on certain things about the faith. That is a fact. But I can tell you, standing up here, I'm putting my faith in my God. I might listen to you, and you may offer me some very good advice, but at the end of the day, my faith is going into my God. He's the one that's going to see me through. My faith is into my Jesus, because I know that he will see me through no matter what. Because he's shown me time and time and time again, that is true. It's knowing, it's knowing that this world is not the end. Did not Jesus say again, remember of scripture, that we are clothed in Jesus, in, the, in Jesus' glory. In Jesus' glory, we're clothed. We're already clothed. So we have his strength today, knowing that man, that the best is yet to come, and the best is yet to come. Your best is not buying that new car this year. Your best is not getting that raise this year. Your best is not being the most popular, voted the most popular person in your class. That's not what God's talking about. The best is yet to come. Your best brother and sister in Christ is yet to come. You think you're blossoming now? Just wait what God has in store for you and for me. That should make us praise him. That should make us glorify and feel good and have hope and peace. My prayer for you this year is you find Jesus' hope and you find his peace in your life. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. I'm closing with this. Maria is, sem- Maria is somewhat of a rabbit trail, but not too much. I want, you, I want you to think for a moment this morning about the time that you felt so overwhelmed with peace and joy outside of coming to know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That event in your life where you felt such peace and joy. You were so overwhelmed, you thought, it just can't get any better than this. Mine, again, I've shared, was my last exam I had to take in seminary. It was April, Rudy. And it was a clear, blue, sunshiny day. A little crisp, but nice. I left that classroom with my little briefcase in hand and I'm walking down the street of Chicago and I'm walking down and I'm saying good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Nobody acknowledged me. I didn't care. I was, I was in such a, a state of relief and of joy. But you know something? Now we get back to when you were saved. Remember when you were saved? Remember when Jesus Christ touched your heart and the Holy Spirit moved within you? How you felt? 
Some have had mountaintop experiences. Others haven't, and that's fine. I can only say that for me, my experience with Christ was off the wall. I was in so, I was just so overwhelmed with his power and his presence. Nothing like it. God, I believe, wants us to be overwhelmed with his power and his presence. It doesn't mean we climb the walls. It doesn't mean we bark like dogs. It just means being in his presence and let him do the rest. Then you find hope. Then you find peace. If you haven't found it, I pray that you will find it. If you haven't found it, then maybe after this service, I'll have a prayer team will be up here and um, they'll, pray for you. they'll pray with you. Or I will pray with you. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord. Sometimes uh, we make faith so complicated. We make it so difficult, yet you made it so easy. That is, we put our faith and trust in you, Jesus. You fill us with your spirit. You fill us with truth, your truth, that surpasses all understanding. Help all of us to see, Lord, that whatever we are going through and our weaknesses, Lord, that we will find your strength that we'll find your grace because we are justified in Jesus. Far from perfect, but filled with your mercy and your grace. Jesus, you are truly, truly the best.